Hey, 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 thanks so much for pressing play. Jeremy here. And today's episode is really, really awesome and exciting. Uh, it is a recorded session between myself and uh, the one and only Ryan Fowler. If you don't know him, Ryan is a yoga teacher here in the Phoenix area and a soon-to-be um, music therapist, uh, and he'll he'll talk about his journey there. But this session uh, was a, a strategy jam that we wanted to do to help him figure out how he could potentially combine music therapy with yoga, uh, an idea that he brought up to me at the, the summer solstice event. Um, that I found absolutely fascinating and uh, pregnant with potential for for social impact. So um, I wanted to help Ryan really unlock uh, this idea and start to experiment with it and validate it. So that's what this session is all about. Um, if you enjoy it and you have uh, an idea of your own that you'd like to jam about and you'd like to get some potentially some some action items, some unlocking. Uh, I would love to jam with you about it as well. Uh, you can email me directly at jeremy at inspiring.careers. All right, let's get into the show. Thank you so much for uh, reminding me about Zoom and and yes, I wanted to record this session um, for I've I've had to get better about this because I do very minimal post production and I'll just like cut it to start and it's like uh, we're on. So um, real quick for anybody who's listening, uh, I'm talking to Ryan Fowler, the yoga teacher and beyond. Um, and uh, we had talked, you had mentioned to me that you had this idea for combining music therapy with yoga. And mm -hmm. this was at the summer solstice. It was kind of in passing, but it blew my mind because I'm very passionate about those kinds of things where there's opportunity to create impact in the world um, by combining things in ways that maybe we haven't seen done before. So I would love to just start the conversation by having you kind of refresh my memory on where that idea came from and just like riffing on what you've envisioned so far. I know it hasn't been much, but like, yeah, what have you been thinking about and where did this come from? Yeah, so I've been a yoga teacher regularly for about three and a half years and I did my teacher training um, about five and a half years ago. Um, I absolutely love teaching yoga and I also love yoga in general because it started as something that I thought would be good for my physical body and it is, but really what I gained from it is a lot more for my mental health than for my physical health. For sure. Uh, I've, I wanted to get more flexible and I did, but like 5% more flexible, <laughs> but I got like, you know, 200% more peaceful. Yeah. And so I just love yoga and I love the ability to share that with others. Um, not every single time I teach, every single time I teach, I feel good. I feel grateful. But then every once in a while, I just get overwhelmed with this gratitude of like, 
what an incredible <laughs> position I'm in. It's just so cool. Um, so then I had also, I've also been a musician pretty much my whole life, you know, starting in fourth grade at the elementary school band. And I've just loved music, felt a passion for listening, watching, learning, and playing. And so when I first heard about music therapy was, I want to say like 2014, and it just sat like blew my mind because I was kind of moving towards wanting to do some sort of career that that helps others, that empowers others. Um, and and then to do that with music sounded incredible, but it just sat in the back of my mind for a while. Finally, a lot of different um, things led to me actually deciding to go back to school for music therapy, which was at ASU starting three years ago. And I had the idea that I was going to combine music therapy and yoga because I felt like there was so much in common and I still do. But then what I felt challenged by and what I hope maybe we can riff on and, and build a little more clarity yeah. in the vision is that music therapy is a very clinical, uh, like structured thing that, um, it's not that you can't bring in other things. Um, but it's just yoga, just a typical yoga class and a typical music therapy session, even though it's hard to say a typical music therapy session, like mm -hmm. are very different. And, um, I could bring in elements of yoga to music therapy, but it wouldn't be doing like yoga, music therapy or music therapy, yoga. Um, so I'm just kind of like feeling a little bit stuck in, in how to combine the two in a way that it is really one thing, or maybe that's not the right path or the best path. And maybe it is just like the two of these things were tandem under me, um, but not really trying to make the two things into one separate thing. Yes, I'm very, very glad and, and admirable that you can recognize that there may not be a path forward where the two are intricately combined into one practice. Um, idealistically, I think, th I think that there is, uh, and I think that if anyone's going to figure it out, it's you. <laughs> um, but it's important to always keep in mind that... Um, the, the market decides and like if we attempt a music therapy yoga infusion fu fusion program of sorts and it just doesn't achieve the results that you're looking for it to achieve um or i i don't think that the timing would be off but you could in business in, in new business um you could get everything right you could get the product right you could get the market positioning everything but if the timing is off then the venture will fail you're 10 years too early or whatever um mm -hmm. so it's important to keep in mind that there may not be and it's interesting to hear you say that um because music therapy by definition how it's currently defined and structured is very clinical and structured uh, and, and I find that interesting that you're saying, let me clarify, that it would not do it justice to just 
borrow elements of music therapy into yoga to, 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 yeah. I mean, sort of that. Um, and I feel like if I were to do that, it, I couldn't call it music therapy because I could just be any yoga teacher who is also a musician at least in the way that I'm seeing bringing music therapy into a yoga class, because I guess one of the big things that, that makes music therapy a clinical practice is that you, you get a client, you do an assessment and you create goals and objectives. And when you teach a yoga class, you don't know. I mean, there are one-off music therapy sessions where you meet that person and that's the only session you'll ever have with them. Um, but it's still, it's still approached in a different way. Whereas yoga is like, okay, yeah, I'm trying to tailor to my clients, to my students. Um, but it just, it's, it's generally going to be the same, no matter who comes in and I might just tone it up or tone it down a little bit, but I'm not like tailoring it to them. And there's no, there's no specific goals and objectives, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's very much like group setting. Um, we're all, we're all doing the same thing. Uh, and we each get what we get out of it versus music therapy. Like any form of therapy is, I mean, with the exception of group therapy, maybe, um, like what you're saying is like music therapy is the, 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 the therapist and the patient sitting down and, developing a unique plan of action for that individual generally speaking yeah but then also with what i said and, and what you said just um trying to open up more possibilities if i wanted it to be a group class then maybe whatever i find to bring music therapy into or elements of music therapy into yoga mm -hmm. would make the yoga class have more specific goals and objectives. And that's how I could promote that. Um, or I could make it a course and get to know my clients and have them actually create goals and objectives or, or I create them with them. Um, or there's also the private or like, you know, smaller group option too, which I, I would like to explore. And that's something I haven't done much of, but definitely a possibility. Yeah, well, and I, I do think to your point about the course concept, the idea of a a linear cohort-based program of sorts where it's like, you know, 10 people sign up and 10 people are starting on week one and they're showing up every week for 10 weeks uh, rather than yoga tends to be just sort of like whoever shows up. Um, yeah, this would definitely, I think this would fall more into the category of like, something that that clients are committing to for a set period of time in order to um, experience the full, to get the full experience and the full results and benefits. So then my, my question to you, and I think this will really help us start to frame out what kind of product we can, we can design to experiment with uh, because we're really in like validation stage right now. We need to like try something. And was it with you that I was talking about the build, measure, learn 
yes. lean startup cycle. Yeah. So we got to build something and then get a few people to, to do it. And we're going to measure the results of that. And then we're going to learn from that initial experiment and we're going to rebuild based on the results of that experiment. Was it successful? What parts? What failed? Uh, what do we want to lean into more? What can we remove because it wasn't impactful to the overall experience? And we sort of refine through this cycle and get a really powerful thing. So starting with, starting with kind of like the why. Um, on a high level, like I understand that music therapy is correlated to mental health, but I'll, yeah, so please educate me, educate us on like, um, like what, what do you want to do with it? What are the outcomes and for whom would you like to deliver outcomes? Yeah. I'm, it, it's awesome that you said that because that's sort of what was coming up in my mind. Um, but to, to go back to what you said, a lot of music therapy does deal with mental health, but there is also so much more than that. Um, music therapy has been used for physical health, for recovery from surgery or mm. a stroke, um, helping people learn to walk again or speak again. Um, there's a lot of music therapists who have also gotten a separate degree in speech therapy. And that's one that's like a lot more conducive to combining, you know, two, two fields. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was thinking in how I would do this with yoga would depend on what I would want the music therapy aspect of it to do, because I thought yoga can be a really good way to, um, cultivate my, mindfulness and practice, you know, being present, being in your body, uh, getting your blood flowing, like feeling good in your physical body, but also in your mind. And, and so that could be sort of like, maybe like the beginning of a session is a yoga, a yoga class or like a small flow or like a movement practice. And then we move into some sort of group music therapy thing. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. It does. Well, let's let's keep digging though. Let's keep defining kind of what do you think in your understanding of music therapy um, and yoga, where is there, or, or even like, let's not try to, let's not try to find the answers or, or find the questions that are answered by music therapy meets yoga, let's instead really like f not forget it all completely, but not constrain ourselves to music therapy and yoga for a second and just go back to the core of what you said a minute uh, towards the beginning of this conversation, which is that uh, after being exposed to music therapy back in like 2014, um, you, you started to develop, or maybe you had already developed this desire, but you mentioned a desire for a career that helps and empowers others. Now, there's one thing I've learned about impact. It's that we can help and empower people in <laughs> a million ways and we can't do them all. Um, so we have to, we have to pick a direction, 
We have, to, we have to pick a way and say, the way in which I'm going to help and empower people in my career is, and here we are talking about music therapy and yoga. But if we, if we skip past the how for a second and get to the what, in what ways does it, Im, uh, does it impact people, is your goal to cultivate, like, the metric of success, the way in which we say, whatever this thing is, it will have been successful if blank. What is the completion of that answer for you? If people who experience it find more peace and happiness, Internally, okay, internal peace and happiness. So, it's partly self reported, but also potentially uh, measured through behavioral analysis um, and other ways to sort of say, yes, this control group that did not participate in the program versus this group that participated in the program, there is a net, we can just tell that these people are peaceful and happy and in in ways that this control group is not yeah i love that you brought in the the control group aspect um that's that's a good that's that's how we do it you know that's scientific that's clinical yeah and we we have to do it that way if we want to prove that there is a measurable difference that this program makes a measurable difference in people's lives so okay so we've got peace We've got internal happiness. Um, now, yoga can and kind of does already help people achieve more peace and happiness. I mean, you mentioned it uh, in your own experience. I know I can certainly corroborate and probably anybody who's listening that has practiced yoga for more than just you know once or twice here and there can can most likely attest to the fact that it has also had mental benefits in addition to the physical which by the way since i started really like doing yoga every morning for the past uh like two months my soccer is like i play such better soccer like i'm i'm wow. i'm loose and limber i'm faster i'm stronger it's wild that's awesome um, but yeah also the mental benefits like i i can corroborate for sure so we know that yoga in itself can help with peace and, and happiness already. So what, I think that it would be important to identify um, maybe specific, specific qualities or, or in some way say by introducing group music therapy into this practice, or maybe it is individualized music therapy um, in combination with the practice of yoga. But by introducing music therapy, we can literally dissolve stress and anxiety, where the difference between where the control group is somebody is a group of people who are attending yoga sessions on the regular and the 
Uh, what's the opposite of a control group? <laughs> the, uh, the experiment experimental group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The control group is only attending yoga, and the experimental group is attending yoga plus the music therapy program, whether it's at the yoga studio, infused into the yoga uh, experience, or separate. Whatever it is, it's saying there are people who are just going to do yoga, and we expect that they will report feeling more peaceful, more mental clarity and calmness, more internal happiness and joy. And then there's the experimental group that is also um, experiencing our music therapy program. And we hypothesize that these people will report it sooner or they will report it more vigorously or they will demonstrate greater signs of mental peace, internal happiness, etc. And I don't know that there's any right answer to this, but I do think it's important because we're not talking about using this to solve, like you talked about, like music therapy being a tool to uh, basically help people talk again, right? Um, help people re, re, uh, regain the use of certain parts of their body. Um, if we're not solving ailments, uh, hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of just, it's kind of just a matter of, of defining and saying, what are the problems that we want to solve through this practice? And what do we believe? Is it that people will experience results faster? Is it that they will experience more of the results or stronger feelings of peace and happiness? And we're just riffing here at this point. Like I said, there's no right answer, but what does this bring up for you? Mm. Yeah, I guess it does feel like although yoga has lots of physical benefits, um, we're kind of leaning towards the, the overlap between yoga and music therapy being the mental health aspect. And, and I'm thinking, I mean, like one idea that came to mind earlier, I had mentioned like some sort of course for X amount of weeks. I guess, yeah, the thing I feel like most excited about is a course where people have um, like a yoga class, like one, two, three times a week and a group music therapy session, one, two or three times a week. And maybe I give them some pre-recorded meditations to do on their off days. Um, mm. So there it's like not even necessarily combining the two. It's just using the two together towards the same goal of creating less stress and more peace. Yeah, I like that. Now, this makes me want to dig into music therapy a little bit more. So um, did you say that you you got, you said you started in like 2018 at ASU, you started music therapy studies. Did you get a degree? Did you stop? Yeah. So that's another thing is I, I finished my coursework, which... Um, since I had a bachelor's in a, an unrelated field, I did a four-year degree in three years. Okay. 
And coursework is done, but I technically don't have the degree until I finish an internship, which I'll be starting in October in a few months. And that'll be about nine months. And then I will receive my diploma in the mail. Okay, cool. So, so yeah, so I'm finished with the coursework, but the, the internship is still an opportunity of immense growth because I'll actually be working pretty much full-time as basically a music therapist. Okay. Um, <clears throat> now, obviously, there's no... There's nothing that can replace that internship to your point just now. Like mm -hmm. the reason they require that degree, that internship to give you the degree is because there's going to be nothing like that experience to teach you about music therapy as a practice to learn from a professional music therapist or team of music therapists. But for all intents and purposes, you have the academic knowledge which is fantastic. So tell me, to the best of your knowledge, what does music therapy boil down to? Is it sessions of, I'm the patient, I've got headphones over my ears for an hour or three hours at a time, and what am I listening to? Like, what does it look like? What does it boil down to? Um, so just based on what you said, typically you're not, really looking at anything more than an hour usually. Um, I, I like to think of it as other types of psychotherapy, but with music as the foundation. And so a typical session could be anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes. And of course they might be longer or shorter. Mm -hmm. um, they can be individual or group. And it can be in so common ways that we talk about like more specific, um, like where specific music therapists work are either based on location or population. And so just to like name a few, there's a lot of music therapists in hospitals. Um, those music therapists do lots with mental health, but also also physical health. Um, one thing I find fascinating is that their music therapy is um, a really great way to reduce pain and pain response without any drugs or substances. Um, and for example, burn victims who have burns all over their body they have to scrape the, the dead skin off. And that's one of the most, apparently one of the most painful experiences you can go through. And <clears throat> neither pills or local anesthetic can, can numb that pain or can be used because the pills don't do it enough for the acute pain that they're feeling. And it's too widespread to use local anesthetic. So music therapy is something that helps burn victims a lot. Um, it also, let's see, getting out of the hospitals. Uh, well, there's there's also psych hospitals for people with mental illness, and it's used a lot there. I actually had one of my practicum placements there, so I was doing one session a week under supervision, and I loved that experience. Um, 
um, people with developmental disabilities or delays um, or differences. There's there's debate on on the on the sure. best phrasing for it, and I thought developmental differences was the the best one until I recently read something written by somebody diagnosed with, I think autism um, said like, no, that's, that doesn't feel good. So mm. it's hard to, hard to find the right phrasing, but nothing um, will ever appeal to everyone. Just yeah. That. So, um, so you're, yeah, you're... it like it, it helps people with autism a lot. Um, just Hospice. helps them like function more like report that they function better like feel better um feel better i i think it helps them respond better and learn better um generally speaking um music accesses a lot of different parts of the brain and so um it's it's sort of a way that we can get through to people who might not be able to receive what I'm saying if I just say, okay, like put your right hand here and put your left hand here. But if we just have two hand drums, they're called paddle drums. I have, they look like kind of like mini tennis rackets or something, but they're drums. And there's like this activity we can do where they're hitting them. And all of a sudden we're working on cross lateral cross lateral movement and all four limbs moving. We can have them kick them and then we can have them walk around the room and the hallways. And um, yeah, and there's, there's studies about how moving to rhythm um, benefits your physical body. Even your, there was one about uh, a music therapy drum circle where people's, um, killer T cells, the, the, basically the defense cells in your body increased after a drum circle session for like 30 mm. minutes. Yeah. I'm definitely going off on like a million different directions. Um, <laughs> no, and that's because it's so hard to, to put music therapy into a nutshell. <laughs> no, but this, this, this did it for me, honestly, like this is super helpful. It's like, you know, reading my notes back to you, uh, usually 30 to 60 minutes, rarely more than an hour, um, based on location or population. So you see it a lot in hospitals, psychiatric institutes, a uh, great way to reduce pain and pain response. So physical pain, like scraping the skin off a burn victim, which I can mm -hmm. only imagine. Um, but also helping people with developmental differences, disabilities, whatever the term, respond and learn better because music accesses many parts of the brain. Yeah. And if I were to if I were to venture one thing, I'm sure I'm not the first person to to guess this, but my guess is that we are just getting started with the science of music therapy. And that hmm. Yeah. Um I mean the field itself is, you know, so small and new compared to most other scientific and like medicine fields. Mm -hmm. um, but that is because of that, there are lots of music therapists focusing on research. And 
So it's really great to see, but at the same time, it's like a certain theory in psychology has had, you know, a thousand or 10,000 studies trying to prove that theory. Whereas a music therapy one has like five, you know, maybe 10 and like, you know, if you get 10 and then you have similar results, then that's like really good, but (laughs) it's still so small compared to the other fields. So yeah, there's a lot, a lot left to learn and prove and understand. And yeah. Yeah. So I think that a practical way that you can start testing the idea of combining music therapy with yoga would be first of all okay actually one one more question that I that I uh, have for you with regards to the nature of music therapy itself I'm assuming that in music therapy sessions they are not playing Ariana Grande um shout out Ariana Grande like <laughs> actually ah we are. <laughs> okay, please. Um, yeah, tell that's, me that's a good thing to, to note. Another like general thing about music therapy is uh, more often than not, we use client-preferred music. <sighs> and so that's another huge thing where um, getting to know each individual client is important because hmm. um, we, we talk a lot about um, cultural responsiveness and trying to just know a lot about um, different cultures, but also know that like there's so much we don't know, more like cultural humility. And and then on top of that, you can't be like, oh, my like Hispanic patient is Hispanic. So like, I'm gonna bring them, you know, like- Yeah, mariachi like, music. Yeah, like <laughs> you cannot assume that. So okay. at the end of the day, you just assume nothing. Um, and we do, we use, we use pop music. That's actually a thing that like, you know, music therapists try to stay up to date with the top 40 and know what, know what the kids are listening to these days. Um, but then also, for example, music therapists, um, there's a lot of music therapists working in hospice. And so there's just like the, the must haves of hospice, which are just like, the songs from like the fifties to the seventies that just everyone knows. Mm. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of popular music. And then there is the opportunity for not popular music. Sometimes the music therapist can bring in a song on their own where they say, you know, I would like to show you this song and do, we call them interventions, but that's basically like what we call our activities. Um, do an intervention based on a song that they choose, choose and, and the client like may or may not like. And, um, and that happens. There's usually a very specific reason that a music therapist would choose a song mm-hmm. on their own like that. I mean, and then generally speaking, the music therapist will choose the songs, but usually knowing that it's something the client will enjoy. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate you uh, checking my assumption on that. Yeah. Um, and that makes a lot of sense because whatever the reasons why we like the musics, the music styles that we like individually, whatever those reasons are, we may as well use that person's preferred music genres 
uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like sort of, it's sort of, it's tracking. So that gives me a, uh, an interesting idea. What would you think about, what if you conducted, so I, I haven't, I haven't been to one of your yoga classes actually. Um, do you have like music playing in the background when you do, when you teach yoga? Every time. Okay. I, I put a lot of effort into the playlists that I create for my yoga classes. I believe that. And yeah. How do you go about choosing the music and, and what kind of music does it tend to be? Ooh, that's fun. Basically, I, before I even started teaching yoga, just started making a yoga playlist and <laughs> it's, it's kind of evolved in different directions. Like for a while, I would just have songs, I would have different playlists that whenever I discovered a song, I was like, ooh, this would be great for yoga. I'd be like... Okay, yoga beginning of class, yoga middle of class, yoga end of class. Um, now I kind of just like dump songs onto a playlist and um, and I'll like go through and I'll, I'll sometimes just like go through it on shuffle. And when I hear one, that's a good, a good beginning of the class song, add that and then just build a playlist. It's, it's very interesting. It's all a process. Um, and to answer a question about what type of music, it's super hard to answer that because I use all types of music and it's it's this thing that I think I think this is maybe one of my strengths is that like I have a little more I'm a little more attuned to music than the average yoga teacher. So I just feel if a song has a, a certain vibe that fits in yoga no matter what genre it is. Mm -hmm. um, I will say they tend to be like the the chill electronic songs, like more than any other genre. Okay. But I love putting in like all sorts of songs. Okay, let me just jot that down. That's, that's what I was gonna ask next. So chill electronica. Um, I was going to ask if they tended to have a certain kind of vibe, like on the chiller side or on, cause like I'm thinking of like, um, uh, Stephanie's Ignite the Night class at the Solstice, where it was like, I mean, it was like twerking. It was all like yeah. super fast stuff. And that was the point of the class was like rapid fire, yoga, push-ups, like all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And it was like really upbeat music. And so you're saying like, it sounds like pretty much 100% of what you're playing is not upbeat. Is that correct? Uh, no, also not correct. <laughs> um, I play some upbeat stuff, but nothing to that extent. Okay. Um, I actually loved Steph's class, but that was, that was going for something different than what I'm going for in my classes. Yeah. Um, I do have some upbeat stuff. Like, have you heard of the floozies? No. Um... Grizz or Big Gigantic or yeah, Grizz or sure. Grammatic. They're they're kind of these DJs who like still have. It's more like funky electronic. It's like funky so some of it trip can be hop. upbeat. Yeah, some yeah. of it can be upbeat. Some of it can be mellow. But I start my classes with super mellow. In the middle of the class, they're more upbeat. But it's okay. never it's never like club music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So it's never like a pounding like four on the floor bass. Mm -hmm. But um, 
but it's still like the kind where like if I'm not in yoga class or if I'm I am in yoga class, I might be like, hmm, like feeling it, you know, like just grooving. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So so energy, like low energy at the beginning, high energy in the middle, but still high energy yogic. Like I have no yes. other way to describe it other than it still sounds yogic to me. <laughs> I understand. Um, yeah. And then and then cooling it down a little bit and ending with super low energy. Okay, this is fantastic for me to understand, so thank you. Um, and I'm very familiar with grammatic, very familiar with uh, the whole pretty lights label. That's a perfect example. Like, yeah, because yeah, some of the other ones I mentioned might get like too heavy and I can't use like any of their songs, but grammatic is like right, right in the sweet spot of like funky, energetic, but like still, still chill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out grammatic. Um, yes. <laughs> maybe yes. I'll, maybe I'll, no, I, I saw him in San Diego. Oh my God. That's like right. Years ago. And he was the first one out of all these people that I just mentioned that I, that I knew. So okay. dramatic. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw pretty lights, uh, at the Phoenix convention center, uh, years ago, like in college when I was just like, all I was listening to was pretty lights and grammatic. And that was, that was a dope show, but it was the Phoenix nice. convention center, not red rocks. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, so, um, okay, so first of all, I just want to congratulate you on the fact that you are already doing, uh, not music therapy, but you are, you are weaving music very intentionally into your yoga classes that you're teaching. Um, so, like, it's very on brand, and I can tell that, like, I don't know, it's just, like, it's, like, Good on you for doing that so far. Thanks. Yeah. And so what I was going to suggest, my idea and the reason I asked like in music therapy, like, do we play Ariana Grande? I I think that potentially the way that you could start to combine music therapy, one aspect of combining music therapy into yoga, like true music therapy into yoga would be to, um, to basically group people into yoga classes based on music preference. So people who are really into tribal beats, where here's the tribal beat yoga class. People who are really into hip hop and rap, here's the hip hop yoga class. Dude, I already have a hip hop yoga playlist and a reggae yoga playlist. Okay. And it's cool because both of them still follow the general structure of like mellow, energetic, mellow. Mm -hmm. People think reggae, like all mellow. I'm like, no, I have upbeat reggae. Like I have energetic reggae. Yeah. 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 So I think, I mean, knowing what you know about music therapy, like, do you think that that could start to achieve, even if it's immeasurably better results for people's minds, certainly people would would fuck with it like <laughs> anybody who like likes hip hop will see hip hop yoga class and be like like if they have to choose between a hip hop yoga class and a reggae and a country and a pop like they're going to pick the hip hop class and i feel like they're going to get more out of it because by definition they're choosing based on the music genre i agree with you and the thing that i Maybe maybe I'm creating a challenge in my mind that doesn't need to be there, but 
like my my skeptical self says um, that doesn't require a music therapy degree. That doesn't require a four year bachelor's plus a, a thousand hour internship. That requires like a little bit of care about music, a good amount of knowledge about music, and like some time to make a dope playlist. Um, so yeah, I'm just like. I can't be like, I'm a music therapist. So like, this is going to be extra awesome. I could be like, I'm an awesome music. I'm an awesome yoga teacher with great music taste, you know, for sure. For sure. But you can correct me if you think I'm wrong about on that. Well, no, I just like, that's why I said immeasurably. I think that this is the, this is like one piece in the puzzle that we want to build here. And yeah. I think the way that we can further push this concept and let's, let's push this concept here, uh, in these last few minutes, um, let's say you have a group of people who commit to 12 weeks of reggae yoga because they, they like reggae music and they're, they're committing to 12 weeks of music therapy yoga reggae edition and what would you do in terms of the group music therapy what would that consist of so you said maybe yoga class one to three times a week group music therapy one to three times a week what would that piece consist of yes same page because i was thinking like if i had a theme like that or if i didn't but um the music therapy aspect of that i would see um, a lot of things we do for mental health, um, are lyric analysis. So listening to a song while reading the lyrics and then some sort of activity afterwards that can be journaling or discussion or, um, or that could lead into songwriting, but songwriting was the next thing I was going to mention, which is... Uh, there's lots of different ways to do that. You can take a song that already exists and take the lyrics and just pull out a few of them and put blanks mm. and let somebody fill in those blanks and create their own version of that song. You can do more of that and let somebody create a whole verse or just like rewrite the whole chorus. Um, or you can write a simple chord progression and let someone write an entire original song um and and then along with that that could be something combined or separate is music creation which leads to self-expression and and empowerment because um music therapy is not music lessons but there are you there are music therapy sessions that or like, I guess sometimes in music therapy, you do teach people to learn instruments and, um, and that can help with, you know, motor skills. If, if someone's working on, on their, their grip strength, then you have them play some drums or some sort of percussion instrument. Yeah. If someone's working on gross motor skills, then you might have them like practice strumming a guitar or playing other bigger instruments, fine motor skills. You can teach them simple chords on the guitar. Yeah. Oh, but I digress. That's physical. So, <laughs> but we can, we can empower others to actually learn to play music and create music 
And if they don't want to or don't resonate with learning an instrument or if that's not accessible, mm-hmm. um, they can still be the voice. I think that that's really interesting, Ryan. I think my my hunch tells me that what you've just described is sort of like a progression within the program itself. So like what's easier to start with getting people just familiar with it? Well, lyrical analysis, replacing words or small bits of lyrics, and then and then gradually getting into creating entire original songs, um, you know, as a part of this uh, as a part of this program. So Yes. Uh, I'm also feeling like at the beginning of the program, the lyric analysis activity is in order to help that person create their intention for the program. And then that's the theme of the song that they eventually write. And I feel like it could all culminate in this person like writing and recording their own song. <laughs> uh, I like that in theme culmination. Okay. Um, yeah. So th- this is super, super interesting stuff. And I think the next step is to, there's sort of, there's sort of two next steps. Next step one would be to, to basically outline like a version one of this program. So how many weeks, what is the cadence like you described? And by the way, I've taken a bunch of notes. I'll share the, this document with you as well. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I'm taking my own notes, but Good. would love to also share yours. And I have another meeting at the top of the hour. So let's Perfect. be mindful of that. I, it's not a huge deal if I'm late to that. Um, Perfect. No, I, ha- I have another meeting. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm basically doing step two of what I'm about to describe to you with Damaris. Uh, right after we get off of this call. <laughs> oh, sweet. Awesome. So <clears throat> next step is twofold. One, outline the program. Two, find some initial participants, some some beta participants, people who would be willing to go through this and give feedback. Now, to that point about finding some initial participants, noodle on this question more. Who is this going to be most impactful to? Because anybody could benefit from it. But in order for something to really take off, we we have to have what's called a wedge into the market where you say, I'm going to place this right here in the market and then we can expand to other groups from there. So maybe this starts off exclusively for autistic people Maybe it starts off exclusively for some group, and maybe it doesn't have to be that exclusive, but it's good to start thinking about who would, specific, who would specifically benefit more as opposed to benefiting less because of X, Y, and Z attributes. And that'll be uh, sort of the target customer that we want to try to, um, that we want to try to focus this on. But so a program outline, basically just describing if you had to write up, you know, a a bulleted outline that describes what the program is like, how long it lasts, um, you know, what goes into it and everything like that based on what we've talked about today. And then, uh, part B, who is this for and why is that audience 
the audience that we want to test this with. And they're not going to be the only audience that we test this with, but, um, but starting to, to clarify that. Those are kind of the two next steps. Um, and if you get stuck on any, any part of it, uh, reach out. I'm also happy to do another jam like this to build out the program outline, to jam through target audiences and figure that all out. But those are the next steps. Dude, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> this Thank is you for exactly what I needed and <laughs> exciting. I'm glad to hear that, Ryan. Yeah, I'm really, really inspired by the impact that you want to have in the world and your unique combination of skills and interests that are going to lead to some really important work that I don't think the world has seen yet. So I look forward to another jam. <laughs> Thank you. Me too. Thank you for your time and for your mind. And, and I look forward to continuing the conversation as well. Yeah, my pleasure, man. All right, well, get to your meeting. I'm going to as well, and uh, I will see you around the greater Phoenix area. Indeed. Tell Demaris I said hi. I will. <laughs> All right, have a good one, brother. You too, bye. Bye. All righty, that was Ryan Fowler. If you are not connected with him on Instagram and you would like to be, he has a few Instagram handles. I'll give you the one that points to all the others. Uh, it is at Ryan Fowler Yoga, and his last name is spelled F-O-W-L-E-R. I'll also include this in the show notes. Um, but again, Ryan Fowler Yoga. You can find him and connect with him on Instagram. Uh, and if you have questions for him or ideas that you'd like to contribute to his vision, or if you see yourself collaborating with him, please, please, please reach out to Ryan. The world needs more of this kind of work. Uh, and, and the world needs more collaboration. So thank you so much for listening up to this point, And we'll see you next time on Inspiring Careers Podcast. Oh, and I keep forgetting to mention this, but if you want to get in touch with me, <laughs> I'm at Rarely Jeremy. You can also email me directly, jeremy at inspiring.careers. All right. Bye, everyone. Hey, kid. There comes a time in a man's life when he must do what he was always meant to do.